Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. What if I told you we could solve the problem of climate change if we can figure out a way to suck CO2 out of the air? And what if I told you that we actually could do that, that the technology exists right now? Well, it does, and we could, but there's just one problem. And that problem is what we're going to be talking about on this episode of Parts Per Billion. Hello there. Welcome back to Parts Per Billion, the policy podcast from Bloomberg Environment. As always, I'm your host, David Schultz, and I'm back from a nice long vacation and ready to go here. But anyway, we're going to be talking about a potential solution to climate change today and some of the solution's potential drawbacks. And after that teasing intro, I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Let's just get right into it. I've got Bloomberg Environment reporter Bobby McGill in the studio, and he's going to tell us about a new initiative out of the University of Michigan to try to solve this global problem. So first off, Bobby, what exactly is the University of Michigan trying to do here? Can you explain this initiative it's launching? Are they really trying to suck carbon out of the air? Well, they're trying to support uh, companies and other research that would contribute to sucking CO2 out of the air and then taking that captured carbon and turning it into uh, sellable products like concrete and like carbon fiber in vehicles or uh, a carbon fiber bike. Um and sometimes, and possibly even uh, uh, fuel as well. Those, I should say, those are really nice bikes. I, I, they, they're yeah, very nice bikes. Yeah. So the Michigan is basically trying to say, we want to create this sort of market for sucking this greenhouse gas out of the air. Like, How much are they spending on this? Where's the money going to come from? Uh, it's four and a half million dollars. Um, it's not, I mean, it's, it's a not lot, a lot, but, but it's yeah. again, it's they're they're not actually doing the the sucking of the CO two. It's they're they're supporting research and development, um, and and as I understand it, marketing as well of these products. So they're spending four million dollars on on this initiative to take carbon out of the atmosphere. Why are, why are they doing this? What's the impetus behind it? So the science that underlies the Paris Climate Agreement exists on a there's a paradox that's involved, which is that it's not going to be enough to just wean ourselves from fossil fuels. It's not going to be enough to cut our carbon emissions to zero and expect global warming to stabilize. So we already have so much you know, greenhouse gas in the environment to begin with that right. just reducing the amount where we continue to put in won't be enough. So, we, need to, we need to go negative. Right. So the science underlying the Paris Climate Agreement um, strongly suggests that later in the century, we're going to have to physically remove some carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. And it's not just some carbon dioxide could be on the order of 20 years worth of 
global climate pollution has to be removed from the atmosphere by the end of the century, according to uh, the UN. And well, that, that's pretty that's pretty daunting. Um, but I didn't even realize that was possible. I thought that you know once it's out there, it's sort of out there. How, how does that actually work? You know, well, where we you don't take, take it out. It, it's it's complicated because no one's actually doing this right now. No one knows that any method that's being developed to do this uh, will work at scale. Um, nobody knows exactly how much it'll cost. It will be a lot, whatever it is. At scale, um, I think is the operative word there. At that's, scale, right? Yeah. Um, so we're talking about you know think about twenty years worth of of uh, our carbon emissions that have to be removed from the atmosphere. That's that's a massive amount of CO2. Yeah. And so the question is, what do you do with it? So where does it go? Where does it go? So if you were to suck it out, that, that's one that's one option. You can. Um, there's a company uh, in British Columbia called Carbon Engineering that's working on this, and there's another one in Zurich that's doing this as well. Um, actually, they've got a project in Iceland that's that's literally almost literally vacuuming this stuff out of the air. So that's one option. You can filter this stuff out of the air and then you have to do something with it. And in Iceland right now, they're, they're, there's a project um, called uh, CarbFix that uh, will filter the CO2 and then it will solidify as it, as it reacts with basalt formations. And uh, there's a lot of basalt or volcanic rock in, in Iceland. And so once the CO2 reacts with the, with the basalt, it becomes inert and you know, it, it's it, it can safely be stored infinitely. Right, because that's a great point that like it's not enough to be able to take it out of the the air, even though that does seem pretty you know uh, revolutionary. If you take it out of the air and then like put it in an underground tank, what if that tank leaks? Then you all you did was was pointless. Right. So that particular project um, is uh, trying to solve that problem by you know solidifying the the carbon dioxide. But the thing is, it's it's happening at such a tiny scale that, you know, no one knows if it's even feasible to do this at any uh, at any scale that will uh, that will make any sort of effect or positive effect on on global warming. Is is that why people aren't talking about this more? Because I mean, the obviously the issue of climate change is like, you know, arguably the the premier environmental issue of our like generation. And you would think that if there's a solution to solving this problem that people would be, you know, be getting a lot more attention. But I've barely heard about this at all. Is that the reason why is because it's so economically not really like the numbers just don't add up yet? The numbers don't add up yet. The technology isn't mature enough. Um, there's not enough research going into this yet. Um, but yet the science says that that um, that it it may be required. And, you know, part of the issue is that this is sort of a divisive issue in the in the climate science community, because um, you know, the, the first imperative here is to cut emissions to zero. And um, there have been a number of, of studies and opinion pieces by climate scientists and even the uh, European um, Academy's uh, Science Advisory Council is, is called this, called negative emissions or CO2 removal a moral hazard because it's sort of diverting attention from, from the main goal, which is to, you know, wean ourselves from fossil fuels. The idea here is that we would that um, you know these these companies and and, and uh, a university like the University of Michigan and actually uh, uh, Arizona State is is working on this as well. They have no, the that that doesn't make me happy. I'm a an alumni of the the rival University of Arizona, so boo, boo ASU. That's my thought on that. But uh, they they have um, a research center uh, there that's uh, that that spending a lot of. Um, 
it's doing a lot of research on carbon removal technology. That's interesting. Um, and it, it sounds like that's why it's it was your story was so interesting to me is because it sounds like what Michigan is trying to do is not just sort of perfect this technology to, I guess, in some cases, vacuum the greenhouse gases out of the atmosphere. They don't want to just you know make the the parts work or, or make the science work. They want to create a market. This is almost more of like an economic exercise here, right? And so, University of Michigan um, and you know several of these other companies, they are all sort of working to create a market for captured carbon. Nobody's expecting this to actually make any sort of climate difference anytime soon. They're trying to demonstrate that CO two directly captured from the air um, can be profitable, and there's a market for it. And once you establish that market, then they can, um, you know. Probably with the help of of carbon, uh, with a carbon tax or carbon pricing, um, they could, uh, you know, make it profitable to yeah. eventually remove and store that CO two. Which is a big if there with the carbon tax. Finally, though, I mean, one of the reasons why your story caught my eye is because I, you know, I as an environmental reporter, I read a lot about climate change, and a lot of the news is pretty discouraging. Like, there's not a lot of reason for for optimism here, and so it seemed like your story was at least, you know, a, a new or innovative way, an innovative solution to this problem that doesn't seems like it may not have a solution, or at least an easy solution, certainly. Is this a reason to be optimistic, or is this more just like a, you know, this could be cool if it works, but it probably won't? You know, am I looking at this through rose-colored glasses, or is this actually something that, that shows promise? It's it's a step toward a solution. It's, it's uh, again, because this hasn't been proven to work at any, at any scale, and CO2 emissions continue to rise. We're still using fossil fuels. Um, and uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's it's a step in, in the direction of a solution. But, you know, the degree to which it will prove to be that uh, is, is anybody's guess. All right. That was Bobby McGill talking about potential solutions to the problem of climate change. For more of his reporting, visit our website at news.bloombergenvironment.com. That's news. BloombergEnvironment.com. Today's episode of Parts for Billion was produced by myself as well as Jessica Coombs, Rachel Daigle, and Patrick Ambrosio. Our editor is Marissa Horn, and our audio engineer is Nicholas Anzalata. The music for this episode is A Message by Jazar. It was used under a Creative Commons license. More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.